Hello, this is Tiara. Hello, this is Allie. And this is the Goddess Vibration. So this is actually part two of my adventures with D because I was trying to get everything in part one and it just wasn't going to happen because there is just so much to this story. So this is part two. And I'm excited about this because this goes into a lot more deeper stuff and probably some of the juiciest details. And so I think this is going to be a good, a good podcast episode. And I think you guys are going to love this shit. Well, let's hope so. I mean, like I said, like, like I said, in part one, this is this story is really why we're here. Because there's just so much that entails to the journey of the soul and trauma. And we feel like there's really valuable lessons here that I that we believe other people can relate to and also learn a lot from. Absolutely. There's some really powerful lessons here in all of this. So I think in part one, we left off with I had lost my gifts. And I was trying to heal from that and trying to recover, which I did eventually, but it took a long time because I had to navigate the lessons behind it. Well, I don't want to say it took a long time. It did take me like three months, but I did eventually capture the lessons behind it. And I slowly started to reopen. And at some point, I don't remember when, but at some point I discovered why D and my soul were in the dynamic that they were in for so long. So I'm going to refer to my soul as RE. We like letters and acronyms here. So there's D and my soul. We will call her RE. And I was on TikTok one day and I saw a reading. So For those of you guys who scroll TikTok, sometimes if you're on a spiritual journey, you will align with TikToks that are like readings or channeled messages. And I do that often. Ali, I don't know if you align with stuff like that too on TikTok or if it pops up on your For You page. I I do. Surprisingly, I do. Um, Like when I'm scrolling through TikTok, I will listen to the first like I don't know, 20, 30 seconds of a reading. And I was like, okay, I guess I have to watch the whole thing because this is clearly for me. Right. So I stumbled upon this reading of this woman who, I'm not going to say who she is, but the reading she gave was super, super, super specific. It was so, so specific. And she was like, I'm just paraphrasing some of the things she said. She was like, you are so powerful. You were so powerful and they tried to stop you and they played a game against you, but they didn't win. And this entity, he made this pact with the infernal and you were locked into it, but he couldn't deliver on that pact. So he got caught in this negative dynamic and you're here to ascend and escape it and they couldn't take you down or something like that. So sometimes on TikTok, people put like text in their readings. And the text said that there was a demon energy that was indicated in this reading. And I was like, why does this resonate? 
And I was like, I hate that this resonates, but it resonates. And I think I told Allie and Allie was like, this does resonate. So I think I did some tarot and I was just like, you know, what happened between my soul and D and I got the devil energy and I was just like, oh no. So at some point, Allie is able to navigate to, I don't know if it was a timeline or I don't know what it was, but she saw something that indicates that D made a deal with a demon and that in this deal, he wanted fame and fortune, of course, but he also wanted me or my soul as his lover for eternity and made this deal with this demonic entity. Now, full disclosure, I have mentioned in the past that my soul is a split soul. So for context, this deal was made when my soul was whole. This was before split, pre-split. We have pre-split and then post-split, which is ridiculous, I know, but that's just how we navigate this whole process. So this was pre-split. And so this deal was made. The problem with deals like this, first off, is that they're entirely deceptive. And I talk about this in another podcast episode where I said that when you make these deals with the infernal and with the darkness, it locks your soul into a low vibrational state for eternity. I don't care what the the demon says to you. I don't care what you think the pact is doing for you. You are locking yourself into something dark for some temporary physical 3D stuff. And that's essentially what D did. And it bound us together in this state and kept us locked there so that we didn't learn the lessons. We just kept harming each other over and over and over again. And out of desperation, started doing things to violate the spiritual rules because we didn't trust that there was another way. So this has happened for thousands of years and it has created a ridiculous amount of karma. Like my angel guide says that the karma we have is unfathomable. I can't say the word. Unfathomable. (laughs) Unfathomable. Unfathomable. (laughs) Thank you. Ali can say it. I can't say it. He uses it a lot to reemphasize his point. And I was just like, oh my God, I cannot believe this. So I find this out and I think I'm even more angry at D than I was before. Like I was angry at him, but I find this out and I'm just like, why or how would any entity choose to do something like this? And it really took me a lot of reflection and thinking to get to a place where I was like, you know, perhaps he was deceived. Perhaps he didn't know any better. You know, I I had to give him the benefit of the doubt at some point. But at first I was just like, why would you choose this? Like, what is wrong with you? So, yeah, I I kind of just, I, I have a lot of emotions from this. Right. And so eventually I, I think this was when, I think this was the point when I started to interact with him again. I, I think it opened my heart to him a little bit and we were interacting Like, not a lot, but just a little bit we were interacting. And I noticed that 
his energy had started to shift a little bit. Like it was very chaotic and it was very nervous and hectic and almost like he was running. And I didn't understand it. So I had mentioned it to Ali. I was like, does D, D seem strange to you energetically? And Ali is so, so incredibly intuitive that she was able to pick up on it. I think before I did, that you were able to pick up on why he was running. No, oh, I did. I, I was. Um, I don't think you were even in contact with him when all of this was going down. I don't remember. I don't think I was. I think you're right. Yeah. But I do know that when he was alive, that soul and the entity that he, the person that he was, he had struggles, um, which having known the demonic pact that he made, like it makes sense. So even with all of this, D, before I stopped talking to him, had shown me little glimpses of very, very specific timelines. And I remember one of them specifically that was actually quite beautiful. It was the most positive of the timelines that he had shown me. And it was like 50s or 60s. I was in a dress. He was in a suit. It was raining outside. We were under an umbrella next to a car. And I remember feeling the emotion from it. And it was just love. And it was very, very beautiful. And like even to this day, it still makes me emotional because it was it was like a glimpse of what potential our connection has. Potential. And I remember saying to Allie, like, Allie, I saw this timeline that he showed me, he showed me. I want to know if you can find it and if it's legitimate. Now, interestingly, Allie mentioned before that Dee had been very, very specific with what he was showing us. And he was, especially with me. And Allie like started to be able to navigate to some of the timelines that he did not want her to see. And it was like this battle because I remember, and Allie, you can correct me if I'm wrong, that you would have dreams and he would be there as like a guard or like a guardian or like trying to like guide where you were going in the dream or like like that almost like a correct. security. Yeah. So we were getting a sense that there was some stuff he was hiding and or not wanting us to see. And I think I asked him about this. I was like, I don't remember how the conversation came up, but I just know that he was hiding something. And I was just like, what are you hiding? Can you show it to me? Because I feel a lot of hurt here. And I feel like you haven't shown me any timelines where the hurt occurred. So can you show me? And he was like, no. And I was like, well, why not? And he was like, it's just not important to your growth. And I was like, okay, well, if I have hurt here and it's affecting me, don't you think I should be given context so that I can heal from it? No response. And I was like, oh, okay, it's going to be like that. Oh, all right. Well, great. Fuck you. <laughs> um, so this is when, I think it was after this point that I started to notice that his energy was shifting. Um, and that's when I went to Allie and I was like, do you notice the same thing? And I did. I did. It, it was weird because for a while he was 
blocking certain aspects of the dreams in the timelines that I was visiting. Right. But somehow, I don't know when the shift happened or how it happened, but I was able to see some of the darkest things that happened to you. You know what? I think that was after he reincarnated, right? Right. Okay. So while before he reincarnated, he was able to block a bunch of stuff. And then his energy was shifting and Tiara didn't really have contact with him. And he was just living with me. He was living with me in my aura. He was, there was fragments of him in my house. And there was a point where we didn't know this at the time, but he was running from the angel guide and he was sitting in my aura and he was being really frantic and I didn't know why. And all of a sudden I just start having this whole conversation about reincarnation and I picked up my phone and I started messaging Tiara and I said, okay, something weird is going on over here. We're having this whole conversation about reincarnating and Tiara was like, I don't, I don't know what any of that's about. And so she calls her angel guide in and apparently like he was like, oh, I've been looking for him. And it just turned into this really dramatized thing very quickly. And she was like, Allie, keep him there. And I was just like, okay. And <laughs> I guess she was talking to our angel guide and she in Tiara was telling him he's, he is with Allie. Like he's with Allie. And all of a sudden I hear from the angel guide, keep him there. Don't let him go anywhere. And I was like, okay, I don't know what the hell is going on, but I will do my best. And all of a sudden he shows up and they just start like arguing. And this is like the first time I really have experienced arguing in the angelic realm or the astral or whatever you want to call it. And Tiara is like, what's going on? And I was like, oh, they're, they're like going at it. And I, TR, was it you who said, he said, like, he's going to reincarnate on a 3D planet? Like, I don't remember all of the details, but it got really heated very quickly. And for the record, like, in the angelic realm or like the other realms, yeah, yeah, they argue and they have emotion and they express their emotion. And, you know, it's, it's kind of been like a very interesting thing to witness for us, but like, yes. So, and it was funny because before all of that happened, I did have a really brief conversation with Dee about reincarnation because I had asked him when I found out that we had this dynamic that we did and that he was soul family, I was like trying to get a sense of what my purpose and mission was here. And we knew it was merge that I needed to merge. And he knew that too. And he had expressed that, like, you need to merge. You need to merge. It's really, really important. And we had also briefly talked about future lives. And he had mentioned, like, that we had these choices in the future, like, you know, we could incarnate in 5D if we wanted to, blah, blah, blah. Stuff that wasn't necessarily true, but, you know, he was deceiving me. Um, so he gave me a little bit of context. And I, I just, I remember him being like, merge is so important you need to merge like it's it's just like it's really really essential 
And it wasn't until later that I realized a lot of that was because of the karma that he had developed from the entire interaction. Now, from, I'm sorry, multiple lifetimes of these interactions. It was almost like he feared the consequences or was concerned about the amount of karma that he had. And he had even said to me, he was like, you know, I have an incredible amount of karma and I'm going to try to resolve this karma, most of it from the angelic realm if I can, like from the etheric realm. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. How many people are you guiding? And he told me he was guiding like 11 people or something like that. And I'm just like, oh, that sounds like a lot. <laughs> um not realizing that all of this was him trying to like escape the spiritual rules again a big no-no so i just wanted to add a little bit of context there for some of the conversations we had had around you know reincarnation and karma and consequences so at some point my angel guide is able to get a hold of him and like forces his reincarnation which I didn't even know that that was possible. Yes, it's possible. They will do to you what they feel or name is necessary for the best and highest good. So after that, I'm like, okay, he's gone, right? Like it's done. He's gone. I can focus on what I need to focus to heal. But no, uh, uh, no, 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 because Lo and behold, an aspect of Dee gets left in Allie's house. And I'm just going to leave her to describe that whole situation because, wow. Well, it was just strange. It was really, really strange. Like, he really enjoyed my kitchen and he would just do crazy things. Like, somehow my refrigerator door would be left open and overnight. And, of course my refrigerator lost all of all of its cooling and so my food was going bad and i was like oh. what the hell is going on and there was just this really dark energy cuz i can read energy i'm an energy reader and i was just like something's not right and so i was just like going around cleansing cleansing the whole house like using sage and like just really kind of using mantra mantras and I was just I was doing all this stuff and the energy just wouldn't leave and I messaged Chiara and I was just like I don't know how to I don't know how to make any of this stop but it's not stopping and the energy was really abrasive it was really really abrasive it was rude it was abrasive it was calling me every disrespectful thing you a person could probably say to another human being and I was just like okay you're angry I get it you're angry you're upset you didn't like the outcome I get it and so I just w- I was running out of options I was running out of ideas I was running out of options and so I messaged Chiara and she was just like all right well we need help We need extra help. Like she's like, put me on speaker and I'm channeling this entity. And so Tiara is like saying like, leave, get out. You're not welcome there. And it was just really abrasive back. Like, you know, fuck you. You can't tell me what to do. And Tiara is like, all right, you want to play this game? All right. Well, I got tricks up my sleeve. And so that's when Tiara decided to call these two entities, which I will let Tiara explain who they are. Right. So um, I hope 
you guys are learning lots of lessons here because there's a lot to learn from this experience, which, as I mentioned, aspects can stay in places, especially if their loss or death was very emotionally charged. So we do know that his transition from her place was very emotionally charged. And for those who are uninitiated, this energy that was left behind looks demonic. Like to us, we knew it was a very low vibrational energy. But if you don't know that, then you would just think this was a demon. And I mean, essentially, yes, that's what it is. Like, because when I say demon or demonic, I'm talking very, very low frequency, very low vibration, very dark, very wounded. So I was like, oh, you want to play dumb games? Well, guess what? You're going to win dumb, dumb prizes. Knowing that I had this high, high priestess capability that, and that I could talk to other energies. So again, this was at a time when my gifts were at their lowest, right? Like they weren't very active, but I still was able to do this. And I remember getting a reading. I don't know if it was a reading or something that I got. Oh, that's what it was. I kept hearing her name. So some of you who are witches might be familiar with these two entities. One of them is Hecate. And I remember for a little while hearing her name a lot and being like, I think this entity is calling me. So this was like months ago. I didn't really think much of it. I just kind of made note of it. Like, okay, she's calling me. Like, you know, that's interesting. I think I Googled her for a little bit, but I didn't really feel the need to do much beyond that. I just kind of made note of it. So when the situation happened, her name was the first one that popped up into my head. And I was like all right, I'm going to call upon the energies of Hecate to assist in getting this asshole out of her house. So that's what I did. Uh, I went and I got a crystal and I summoned Hecate. And it's so crazy because Allie can see auras and she had a complete and total play-by-play of everything that was happening. I think you said you saw her aura, right? Yeah, I saw all of them. Okay, what colors was Hecate? purple right or like a like a violet no i think i think that's lilith i don't know oh. remember you you had looked it up online and the the colors were accurate so whichever it was i'm pretty indigo sure and was, violet yes yes okay i was like I, I know it was like violet or indigo so i call her and like immediately i hear yes tiara and i was like can you assist with getting this energy out of ali's place and then I love Hecate so much. She was like, he's going to regret the day that he messed with me. And I was like, ooh, go, go. (laughs) So Allie sees a violet aura. And apparently the violet aura is going to town with this other aura, which was red. His is red. Yes. Okay. So they're duking it out in her home. And... Poor Allie is like, okay, this is what I've seen. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, what do you need? What do you need? So that goes on for a little bit. And then I hear Hecate say, call Lilith. I'm just like, oh, no, it's getting serious. It's getting deep. (laughs) So I call upon Lilith. And then I hear her say, yes, Tiara. And I'm like, can you assist Lilith with this? And she was like, of course. So Lilith goes over there. And Allie sees Three auras duking it out? Yeah. 
three auras duking it out in her house. And she was just like, I don't know what's happening or why this is happening. And I'm like, I don't know either. But man, it's juicy. So <laughs> this goes on <laughs> for like, what, maybe five minutes? Oh, longer. Yeah. Longer. Was it longer it was than like, that? Yeah, it was like 10 or 15 minutes. Like they oh were in gosh. here and they were just duking it out. And my channeling is just this fragment this fragmented energy was just giving so much pushback so much pushback like he just was like really angry and i'm just gonna assume that it was very rooted in trauma or or just something that he didn't agree with or he didn't like and so he was just taking it out on whoever he could yeah yeah but it went on for a while and I remember like Tiara, we were just like sitting there and we were just like, she's like, what's happening? And I was like, I don't really know. Um, but I know that he was giving a lot of pushback and eventually he left. He left. They obviously figured it out because he left willingly and he left gracefully. Right. And it was so interesting because I, I wanted to just like get validation so I hear at some point I hear it's done. And then I'm like, okay, I just say the thing to Allie. I just go to Allie and I'm like, what are you saying? And then I think that's when you were like, they're, they're gone. Right. Yeah. They were okay. gone. Right. So after that, I think we pulled tarot because I wanted to get a sense of the energetics behind the whole situation. Uh, and Allie, you said this and it resonated. Like it, it the card I got was like stalemate. But you had also said that you felt like it was a lot of them trying to reason with this energy, like not really like trying to destroy him or harm him, but more like trying to reason and trying to get him to see the other side or see another perspective. Yes. Okay. I just wanted to make sure we were in alignment with that. So that whole thing happens and I'm just like, oh my God, I'm exhausted. And then Allie's like, oh my God, I'm exhausted. Um, But it, it kind of goes to show the power of some of these other entities. Like if you're connected to some of these entities, they're so amazing. And when I connected to Hecate and Lilith, like their energies was just, they were so beautiful. And like, I was so moved by their willingness to assist and help. And I honor them to this day. And I always will honor them. Because they're just such amazing entities and energies. Um, and I don't mind mentioning them by name. They're often referenced by name all over the place. And I, ha- I haven't gotten the impression that they don't want to be mentioned by name. Because Lilith specifically, I know, is an energy tied to assisting women in es- escaping harm. Or assisting women who have been treated wrong. Or have been, you know harmed or hurt or deceived or abused in some way. So I know that they see what my soul has gone through and kind of feel like that sense of like, you know, let's give it a boost. So I'm very, very respectful to them and honor them and always will. With that said, after that whole fiasco, there was one final conversation. So for those of you guys who can channel, you might know that you can channel multiple aspects of the same being. You can channel the higher self. You can channel the incarnates. You can channel the soul. 
you can channel other aspects associated to the soul. So even after D incarnated and was gone, we were still able to connect to his, I guess you could say his uh, essence, if you will. Now, interesting thing. It was after he incarnated that Allie was able to see the timeline that probably affected me most or has currently affected me most. And I'm going to allow her to describe that. Okay. So it was after he reincarnated and we got rid of the fragments that I was able to start going to the timelines that he was blocking me from. Correct? Yes. Okay. Sorry. I'm just, I'm catching up. Okay. So after he reincarnated, I was able to start seeing the timelines that he was blocking me from. And there was some really, really dark timelines that involved the witch trials and or, you know, scheming. But there was one in particular that I remember going to where I saw Tiara get, well, not, maybe not Tiara, but Re get brutally murdered. And it was such a horrific scene. I remember them arguing about something and I know that Re always really wanted to build a legacy with D. And I know that that was something that she was very passionate about. And I think that they were arguing about that because D just had a lot of problems with gambling and other issues about trust. And there was a lot of cheating, um, deception, gambling issues, money issues, and re didn't really understand why. I know that she really wanted to like build a legacy. Like she was like, we could have this beautiful life. And there was, it was near the water and there was docks and there was a lot of boats everywhere. And you guys were arguing and I know they re started to walk away and of course, D followed and they were screaming at each other and yelling at each other. And when they reached towards the end of the dock, uh, Re had his back to him, to D, and D pulled out a knife and just started stabbing Re. Mm. And I think it was twice in the back. And then he like he takes her and he turns her over and puts a knife directly through the heart. Mm -hmm. and it didn't end there after he stabbed her through through the heart he then pushed her into the lake or whatever body of water it was and there was a speedboat coming by and the speedboat just completely mauled re and so there was just flesh and blood flying everywhere it was really really traumatic and fucked up i can't believe i saw that right so now you guys are getting a sense of some of the things my soul has gone through and let me tell you that it has been very hard to heal a lot of that so 
interesting tidbits. I actually have a scar. It's not a scar, actually. It's, it's a birthmark on my chest that me and Allie think is the location of the stabbing. Because when I showed it to her, she was just like, holy shit, that's exactly where you were stabbed. And the prevailing theory goes that if you have birthmarks on your body, it's an indication of how you died in a previous life. So I think that this birthmark on my chest is from that exact timeline. That's what I think it is. I'm going with that. Uh, But it also indicates the healing related to the heart wounding because not only was my heart broken, but also that whole situation was his attempt at attempting to silence me. So I've had to deal with a, a silence wound or a wound related to being silenced and overcome that as a result of that specific timeline, which I'm happy to say for the most part, I think I have overcome that. Um, but it wasn't easy and it, it was quite a process. So that was essentially the cliff note version <laughs> of my adventures with D, and those adventures are not over. They're, they're not over. I, I still interact with D. Alice still interacts with D. D has attempted to go to the demonic realm again to as a shortcut. And it nearly threatens my incarnation in this lifetime. But my angel guide saved the day and was able to stop that from escalating to a point that it didn't need to get to. So I would say at this point, we're, we're pretty stable. You know, I have forgiven him. And he understands the consequences of his actions. And he's coming to terms with the things he's done. And we're getting to a place of acceptance and taking responsibility and realizing that, you know, we've been selfish and my soul has been, my soul has been selfish. And it was really interesting because I I briefly talked to Dee about this and he maintains that we've done harmful things to each other, but that he's done far worse. And at first I was like, well, you know, we've both done terrible, terrible things and He was like, no, I have done far, far worse, especially to you. And I was just like, okay, I'm going to take your word for that. I did go to my angel guide to get validation on that. And he was like, well, essentially, yes, that's true. And I was just like, oh, okay, great. Um, But anyway, I would say for the most part, we're pretty stable. You know, we're at peace. We're not battling or fighting. I did have to get re and D to stop fighting because... They have been fighting each other for a very long time. Um, But for now, everything is cool. So I just wanted to provide that update. And this is going to be an ongoing story because things kind of pop up here and there. And then I'm just like, ooh, podcast. So (laughs) you guys might hear more about this story. But that's essentially my adventures with D in a nutshell. And I do want to thank Allie for being that support and being that guide for me because she has gone through it and I feel for her. We are both very exhausted and we're still very exhausted, but it's, it's, it's a journey that I think we're both learning a lot from, and we're also learning a lot about ourselves. 
Um, so thank you guys for, if you're still listening to this, if you listen to part one and you've listened to this whole thing, kudos to you. You now have the full inside scoop on my life and soul story. So thank you. It's definitely wild. It's definitely something that we hope other souls don't have to go through, but I'm sure that there are other souls who have gone through something similar. Or if you guys are interested in learning about packs with demonic influences or anything that, you know, if any, if any of the story resonates with you, like, please comment, please reach out to us because that's why we're here. That's why we're doing this to bring awareness, to help people get through that trauma, to, to just kind of give people an outlet or a safe place to talk about this type of trauma or right. if you're interested or whatever, whatever resonates with you. And if something about our story resonates, then please feel free to reach out to us because this is why we're here. This is why we're doing it because we know that we can do something for the collective. We know that we want to help people through very traumatic times because, and this is what we've also been guided to do. Like our, our guides have just been like, you know, you guys serve a higher purpose. You guys were given these gifts to serve the collective. Why aren't you doing that? And so it's been a very long journey for us with them pushing us and pushing us. And we're finally listening and, you know, we're more than happy to do it. So I just want to say thank you. And I hope I hope to I hope we can connect with other souls because that's another reason why we're doing this, too, is to really find our soul tribe. Yes, absolutely. And you guys can reach us through email. Um, we have the same, well, very similar email addresses, minus tiara at goddessvibrationstudio.com and Allie's is Allie at goddessvibrationstudio.com. So you guys have a way to reach out to us if you're looking for guidance or support or if you just want to connect to, you know, fellow soul tribe. So thank you guys so much. And we're here for you. We're here for you all. Thank you. Thank you.